Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Big Sills! Week out, baby! Rosters will be set by tomorrow. And we're ready to go into the 2023 season. Let me start this program out by saying this. A lot of news. A lot of things to get to. And I'll say this to all Cowboy fans out there. If Dak Prescott wants to win a Super Bowl, it can't be in Dallas. And it won't be in Dallas. He needs to go somewhere else to win a Super Bowl. Jerry Jones is holding him back. It's Jerry Jones holding Dak back. Not Dak holding the Cowboys back. He needs to go someplace where there's some structure in the building outside of him. Do you know that he's Jalen Hurts in that Cowboy organization? Jalen Hurts couldn't win in Dallas. Jalen, I don't know if Patrick Mahomes could win there. Jerry Jones is holding Dak Prescott back. Who in their right mind? Who in their right mind drafts for a guy you can't develop this year will be the second team quarterback, most likely the third team in Dallas. Jerry supposedly likes Cooper Rush. He's going to be running scout team. How are you developing him? How in the world are you developing Trey Lance? So the Cowboys, remember, I I was saying, I don't know, maybe the Eagles should take a look at this. Take a look at Trey Lance. Fourth rounder for a guy you gave up three ones to? Okay. Dak Prescott needs to get his ass out of Dallas if he wants to win a Super Bowl. He will never win one there. The owner's in his way. It is a fact. So you thought you'd go and get that guy so that you could jack around with him next year when his contract is up because you think that Dak Prescott's going to fear a guy who Sam Darnold beat out? My God almighty, man. You know, I had a prediction that the Cowboys were going to get to the Super Bowl. They're imploding before even September 10th. The Cowboys are tripping over themselves before they even are in the first quarter. Dude, man, 
This guy needs to stick to selling pom-poms and tickets. He is terrible. He is terrible. You, you create drama where you don't need drama to be created. The quarterback's even looking around going, hey, by the way, I like Wilgren. Get this. The Cowboys are going to put the wrong quarterback on their 53-man roster in Trey Lance. Will Greer's better. Will Greer's better. He's a better player. But name me a quarterback that Jerry Jones has gotten right. Remember something. They found Prescott in ladder rounds. Tony Romo was an undrafted free agent that Sean Payton and Parcells found. It wasn't like they drafted Tony Romo. Those two guys, since Aikman, they haven't got a quarterback right. Since Troy Aikman. I mean, 30 years ago, 35 years ago. Okay? Bledsoe was okay. It was a trade. Parcells did. I mean, dude. Dak Prescott... If he wants to win games and if he wants to have a shot at truly winning a Super Bowl, he's got to get out of Dallas. He will never win there when an owner, I mean, there's no reason for this. Hey, if you're an Eagle fan, if you're a Giant fan or even Washington, you're absolutely like, hell, if you're anybody in the NFC, you're loving this. Dude, right, Kevin? How about Prescott in Miami? I'd love to see that. I can't believe the amount of winning. Here, I'm going to say this too. I can't believe the amount of winning that Dak Prescott has in Dallas with Jerry Jones in the way. I cannot believe that he's 22-10 and 10 the last two years. I can't believe it. I can't. Early exits? I mean, what is the owner doing on game day talking about game plans and putting plays in the game? What is that? Holy cow. It's a, a, They're a train wreck now. How about, like, hey, Jeff, I love that. Prescott to Green Bay. If love doesn't work out, they got a lot of good football players up there. How about Prescott to Washington? Dak Prescott, I'm telling you this. Dak Prescott is not the problem in Dallas. It's the owner. He's not the problem. he had 15 picks. Okay, had a bad year. It happens. They haven't, and get this, the only common denominator that I consistently tell you, okay, The only problem that you have is one face and one name. And it's Jerry Jones. We were going to draft Jalen if Jalen had fallen to us. What an absolute liar. Everyone in Philly shit on the pick. Do you really believe that Jerry Jones would have drafted Jalen in the second round? Do you really believe that? I do not. What would make me think he would? Who in their right mind 
Hey, man. Hubbub Prescott in New Orleans. I like that Denver thing. If if, if Jalen had fallen to us, we would have taken him. Dude, the only people you pick are Quincy Carter. Come on, dog. Come on, man. You got to be kidding me. We got a boatload of topics today. But I want to go to the other contender in the NFC outside of the Eagles. Jerry Jones and Sam Harris will make sure the Eagles, <laughs> Josh Harris, will make sure. I got you. I got you, Tone. <laughs> Absolutely. Between Josh Harris and Jerry Jones, Eagle fans, you ain't got anything to worry about. Don't worry about it. You got it. You're covered. You're covered. You're covered. Dude, really? There were more sound bites coming out of Dallas that shit on the starting quarterback before he even started the 2023 campaign against the Giants Sunday night. Aren't you trying to motivate the kid? I'll tell you what, man. I really like Dak Prescott. I, I like him as a human. I think he conducts himself and carries himself well. I think if you're looking for a face of a franchise, you know what? I have no problem paying $40 million for him now, knowing the shit that he puts up with there. Dude, it's like being in an unhealthy marriage. And you're there because you have to be until the kids leave. Okay? I mean, honestly, proof. I am completely convinced it's not Dak. The, the media blames Dak because you know why? They don't want to go after Jerry. Shit, man. Why would you put pressure? Here, get this. Everyone goes like this. Why is Jerry putting pressure on Dak? Jerry Jones isn't putting pressure on Dak. He's talking shit on Dak. You know what the pressure is? A $49 million paycheck every year where you're making buku money and direct deposits hit your account every Tuesday. That's pressure. When you have that kind of salary, you think because somebody and some asshole says something that that's going to pressurize it even more? The paycheck is what pressure is. When you see that $50 million paycheck, that's pressure. Because just as fast as it came, it goes quicker because they're looking to replace you. The moment the moment you sign a $50 million contract is the moment they're looking to start trying to find a replacement for you. No matter who you are. Hey, and Jones is starting it before the start of the NFL season. It makes no sense. Get this. His actions and his words are telling you that this could be and most likely is Prescott's last year in Dallas. Personally, I think Dak Prescott's going to have even more leverage next year. Because if you want to stick around with Trey Lance and Cooper Rush, and those are the faces of your Cowboys, when it comes to quarterbacking, have at it. There, there won't be an owner in the NFL that wouldn't want to make a play, at least a run at Dak Prescott, all the shit he's had to put up with. 
Man. Now, let me get over to San Francisco. This is a note to Jed York. Next April, hey, Kyle Shanahan, you don't have to say when it comes to picking quarterbacks any longer on my team. You may have a conversation with me, but I'm bringing competent people in with John Lynch, and I'm not even sure John's competent. Now, if it comes out that Kyle Shanahan was the guy who demanded that the team draft Trey Lance, John was just doing what the head coach wanted. If that's the case, I'm bringing someone else in as a personnel guy to look at quarterbacks, and it ain't Kyle Shanahan. I think this is a black eye on his evaluation on how he sees quarterbacks. He got Brock Purdy killed in the NFC title game. Then he turned around and absolutely farted out loud in class with this Trey Lance pick. It's not so much you fo- that you F the pick up, that you F three picks up in the first round. Dude. It's not a mistake. It's a colossal mistake. That every year you keep trying to go over. Last week I was saying, remember before the trade, why are the 49ers experimenting with a Super Bowl roster? Two days later, they traded them. They realized they can't. They're losing time. Okay? Give me a break. Holy cow. Kyle Shanahan has no impact on my next April draft. Okay? None. You have none. Until you build that equity back up. What about Brock Purdy? You got lucky there. You didn't draft him. You took a quarterback because you like quarterbacks. Not because you thought he That's like telling me the Patriots calculated on getting Brady in the sixth round. Come on. That's a lucky pick. It's luck. It's luck you land on Russell Wilson in the third or Montana in the third. It's luck. Okay? So what? He worked out. He has? 49er guys are going, so what? It's worked out after seven starts. It's worked out? You're comfortable after seven starts that he's a franchise quarterback? (laughs) Dude, I'm not even there with Jalen yet, and you think I'm going to go there with a guy who's only had seven starts? Never happened. Never happened. Never happened. How in the world does Kyle Shanahan have any say when it comes to personnel at quarterback? Hey, he may be able to draw plays up, but he can't pick them. He can't. He may be able to coach guys, but he can't evaluate guys. I don't know how you look at people and go like this. Okay, 
Why would I give him the latitude of being in next April's draft? I wouldn't. Let's get over to uh, Derek Barnett. I know Drew Rosenhaus. He was Jerome Brown's agent. That's how far back this thing goes. Okay? It goes back that far. And he started, obviously, in Miami with all the Miami players. There's a couple of Miami Hurricane guys that actually work in the, in the offices. And can I tell you how this thing has played out with Derek Barnett? Okay. The Eagles right now are reluctant to move Derek Barnett because of the injuries to Reddick and to Nolan Smith. So if they do move him, they want some equity back in a return of a fourth or fifth round draft choice. How we'd like to get a third, but no one's going to give a three up for him. Four or five, somewhere in there. But here's, the, here's, the, here's what happened in the conversation and how this thing worked out. Remember Darius Slay? That's also Drew Rosenhaus's agent. Um, they saw the writing on the wall with the restructuring of the contract. Get this. It just didn't make sense to give the money back. Rosenhaus had gone to them earlier in the year or earlier in camp. In case they were able to move him, it would be easier to move him because the economic dollar would make it feasible. The Eagles already saw it. He's a backup. He's never going to be a frontline starter in Philadelphia. That move was done so that they can move him if they needed. They could move. Now, Jason Light, for whatever reason, likes him a lot in Tampa. Now, I don't believe they're going to get rid of Shaq Barrett, but the other kid on the other side is a finance. They're going to try moving people. And Barnett's salary doesn't really kill anybody because of the restructuring of the deal. Um, Carolina is also a potential option, as is Jacksonville for Barnett. So Jacksonville's got the money. Now, would Howie want a linebacker back or a safety back? Yet to be determined. I, again, just talking to Bruce Arians, I know the Bucks like him. And he, he asked me my opinion on him, and I said he's undisciplined. If somebody kicked his ass a little bit and maybe put a little more discipline in his ass, maybe he'd be productive. But to me, in my opinion, he's, he's a situational football player right now that you got to keep an eye on that I wouldn't trust as a starter in the National Football League because he does too many bonehead things. I said he does have some talent. He's not a bad pass rusher. He can make some plays, but he's unreliable. I wouldn't rely on him as my every down defensive end. You just can't rely on him. So, I mean, they restructured that deal. That's why it didn't make sense until I talked to a couple of my boys at the Rosenhaus place, and it was so that they could potentially move him. Could he be moved by tomorrow? Because you got to remember something about tomorrow. Here, here's what will happen. Tomorrow, cut downs, and you set your roster tomorrow to get ready for the upcoming season. Once the rosters are set, either Wednesday or Thursday, you could see some player movement. If I'm not mistaken, I think that that's when August 30th, it was after 
the final cutdown and rosters were set that Howie made a move to get Gardner Johnson. So once the Saints had set the roster, because Howie's not going to make a move until he sees who's set. Howie's they somebody could cut. You saw Colt, Colt McCoy cut just a couple um, minutes ago. So Colt McCoy's cut a couple minutes ago. That means this: you may be looking around the room and trying to figure out, hey, is Colt McCoy somebody we'd want to bring in to potentially have as a backup quarterback here? So that's kind of where. That's kind of where it is. By the way, Andrew Barry also likes uh, Derek Barnett. So, I mean, Cleveland could be another opportunity for him to go because, you know, there was conversation that that, uh, Brandon Graham potentially could land in Cleveland. They had put a contract on the table for Derek Barnett or for um, Brandon Graham. And it was for more money that the Eagles had on the table. So that could be another dance partner to send Barnett to, sending him to Cleveland. Cleveland could be another opportunity. Um, we'll see. We'll see again. I mean, could the Jets, because of Joe Douglas, could the Colts? I mean, Barnett, there's oh, – in, in the NFL – they're going to always be looking for corners, offensive linemen, and edge rushers. Okay? Always looking for those guys. So I'll tell you something, man. I'm going to say one more thing about the Eagles. And I think not only did the business end go so well this offseason for them, but I want to say this to you. They kept so much noise down in their building and it is a professionally run organization where they do not create drama in. They are not looking to self-inflicted wounds and putting them on themselves. They do not believe in self-inflicted wounds. San Francisco, self-inflicted wounds. Dallas, self-inflicted wounds. Buffalo, self-inflicted wounds. Look around the league and the teams that made so much noise. The the New York Giants, self-inflicted wounds. Barkley's going around saying now that he wants to uh, retire a Giant. Are you out of your mind? They don't want you to retire a Giant. This is your last year in New York, kid. You think a year older, more miles on the tires, you think the Giants are going to come to their senses and go, hey, here's a new deal. They're not doing that. They would have signed you this offseason. That's not happening. That's a great one too, Michael. You're right. Seattle did a great job. Once they got rid of that cancer and Russell Wilson and his Hollywood movie star wife or singer or whatever she is, and they got that shit out of the locker room, Seattle's better and back on track again. They got that drama out of the building. Russell Wilson forgot the most important thing in Seattle. You know what that was? He's a football player first. He's not committed to being a football player. He's committed to being a star or something. Reality star. It's not how you win ball games, kid. Jalen Hurts is not a reality star. 
He's not doing Netflix bullshit. That's not what he is. He's a quarterback of the Eagles. First and foremost. First and foremost, he's a man of God. And secondly, he's the quarterback of the Eagles. Plain and simple. Those are the only two things he gives a shit. Only two things he gives a shit about. Okay? At Kansas City, here, um, something will go wrong in Kansas City. Well, Kansas City's got a holdout. And Chris Jones, they don't want to pay Travis Kelsey, Andy's kid with that bullshit in the offseason here. There's some noise in Kansas City. Chris Jones doesn't want to play him maybe until week eight. That's a problem. Hey, by the way, no Chris Jones week one? I don't know, man. What's the point spread? I'd like to know that because I might take Detroit. Detroit's going to, hey, Detroit. They're coming. They got to go do it now. Detroit's coming. Let me tell you something. A win like that for Detroit in week one on a Thursday when you drop the banner, if they're able to go in that building and get it, wow, that'll be a tough team to beat. That's the Eagles last year. That'll be a tough team to beat. You get momentum like that? Where you beat the Kansas City Chiefs in their home opener dropping a banner? I tell you what, no Chris Jones? Let's check it out because I don't think you're very talented on defense. I don't think you're that talented. I think you're decent. I wouldn't say you're great. Okay? I think they got a lot of weapons there, and I I think they can get after the quarterback too. They're a good football team, man. But they just got to do it. So look at the noise. By the way, and you know what the Eagles did here too, which is really cool? This is why I think this is kind of like both parties with Derek Barnett. They probably went like this because of the relationship that Drew has with Howie and how that whole Darius Slay was handled. You know what? You know what Drew said to him? Almost positive he said this. Let me find a dance partner, see if they have assets. So you know what Drew Rosenhaus is doing right now? While Howie must trust him, while they're preparing to set the roster for tomorrow, Rosenhaus is looking for a a partner. And you know why Drew's not going to try to screw over Howie? Because he wants to do business with him again. You know, you're not, you're trying to get the best deal and the most money and the maximum for your client. But what you're also trying to do is the dude behind you in the totem pole that you're just in the draft or a guy coming up next year, somebody gets drafted to the Eagles. You don't want an adversarial relationship. Look at the way Nicole Lynn handled um, the Jalen Hurts contract. And, and do you, hey, Tone, I don't know if anybody took this um, and and I don't know if anybody went like this. Look, hey, you think there's a coincidence? That Quentin Williams kid is represented by Nicole Lynn. Joe Douglas Worked with Howie Roseman. You don't think that was the quietest max deal I've ever seen for a defensive lineman. You don't think that has something to do with how they handle themselves and how general managers and organizations deal and feel comfortable talking with one another, knowing that someone will keep it quiet, we'll get a deal done. Nicole Lynn did the quietest max deals for position players I ever saw. The quarterback and the defensive tackle in New York. 
I can't believe it. That's how you do business. And so how he's looking at Barnett, Barnett's agents turning around going, I'll tell you what we'll do. Because he knows Drew's got major connections. Okay? Seals, where are you getting your scoop? Um, Bailey. Look at who works for him. Bailey is a Miami Hurricane legend. He's one of my boys. And he works at the Rosenhaus Agency. Not that hard. Everyone knew that. Maybe I hadn't made it clear. I know how they do business. So Drew Rosenhaus is looking for a landing spot that gets Howie's. Because, hey, doesn't this make sense? If Drew Rosenhaus gets the Browns to give Howie Roseman a fifth-round draft choice for Derek Barnett, and it's it's a fifth-round pick, don't you want to do business with Drew Rosenhaus again? Of course I do. He was looking what was best for the player, for the organization, to keep relationships going, and it was a fair deal. The only people that don't make fair deals are owners. Everyone else has to work together to make these deals happen. Big Seals is putting the puzzle pieces together and following the breadcrumbs. That's how Eagle fans. There you go. Simple. This is very simply done. It's well done. See, then you have Jerry. Look at how Howie is trying to unload Barnett versus what a train wreck that Trey Lance trade was. Why did you have to have all of the sidebar noise and nonsense? Well, the reason that we're trade, it would be like Howie and the owner, Jeffrey Lurie going, you know, um, we're looking for another defensive end. We're trying to trade Derek Barnett. You know, he's just, you know, you know, he's a good guy. We really like him. But, uh, yeah, we were just looking for someone else out there. We'll see what we can do here. And, yeah, we're actively trying to trade him out and trying to push him. And you're like, what, what's, what's the point of that? What's, what's, what's the point of putting your business? There's only one reason that Jerry Jones does this. So he can be. The Donald Trump of the NFL. Jerry Jones is the Donald Trump of the NFL. Takes his mugshot, raises $10 million with the mugshot. Trump loves the mugshot. Jerry Jones loves the train wreck. He rides the train wreck. He loves the train wreck. He loves it. See, he thinks that's good for the game, what he's doing. He thinks that's good for his team, what he's doing. He he loves this. He loves it. But at the end of the day, it's got nothing to do with winning football, and that's why they haven't won a meaningful game in 30 years. All you have to do is circle back, and you have everything in front of you for today. Okay, 
Five star, I'm not talking politically here. I'm talking about how Trump and Jones like to be front and center in everything and how those guys, it's so important for those guys to have all the attention instead of doing what's right when it comes to doing anything that's right. That's what I'm talking about. Taking a shit all over Dak Prescott before the start of the NFL season, what's the end game? What's the end game? What, what, what's the end game? What, how does that Trey Lance deal make sense? Where does it make sense? The Cowboys need a running back, not a backup third-team quarterback that's already a massive, colossal failure in San Francisco. So Trey Lance has cost teams three ones and now a five, and he'll never play. How insane is that? What are you looking at? You know, it's funny. People don't believe their eyes sometimes. I mean, Jesus. How are you? How does that help Dallas? And then you try justifying it. Get this tone. So Jerry Jones turns around and tries justifying that trade by bashing Dak. The guy you're paying $49 million to. It just makes no sense. <laughs> and then you see the way the Eagles do business, man. Professionally, relationships. You see, the difference between the Cowboys and the Eagles is right here with how they're dealing with Derek Barnett and how the Cowboys dealt with that Trey Lance. Howie Roseman is a professional football snake oil salesman. Jerry Jones is parading as one. Do you know I went on the website? I went on the website and I looked at what it said. Managing owner and general manager. (laughs) Two of the most contradicting jobs you could possibly have and two jobs that have nothing to do with one another. And then he gives up a fourth round pick. Maybe it's just me. I think a fourth rounder is valuable. Damn right it is. When you get down near six and seven, that's when you start really... And I know Brady was in the room there. I get it. And so was Mulata. You, I'm not. Sometimes it's not where you picked. It's what you do with the team you're on. We see it all the time. The, here, there's less chances for those sixth and seventh round guys to turn out to be somebody. But they do. We see it all the time. There's higher odds, one through five. We all know that. Okay. I mean, what's the point of Jerry Jones slamming Prescott to validate the Trey Lance deal? You don't have to validate it. You validate it by getting him for a fifth. Was it a fourth? Is that what it was? So you 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 validate it by going 
Okay, here's a fourth. We'll take them. You don't have to say any words. San Francisco gets killed with it. Turning around and bashing Dak Prescott. One more time. If Dak wants to win the Super Bowl, he's got to get out of Dallas. You're not going to win there. You are not going to win an NBA champ, or excuse me, an NFL championship in Dallas, Texas, with that owner in the building. It's just not going to happen. He refuses to let loose of the reins and believes he does the right thing by taking a shit on his team prior to going into the New York Giants Sunday night game. Let's move on. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> hey, <laughs> you're going to have to show me where that makes sense. That Trey Lance. By the way, those of you 49er fans who wanted my Venmo last year to tell me that Lance was going to be a superstar, it's on my it's on my um, Twitter page. You could send me the fifty bucks now that I made trade that I made a pick with you that he would never be on that team this coming two thousand twenty three season. I said that. I tweeted that. Trey Lance will not be a member of the 49ers in 2023. I found the tweet. You can send me the money anytime you feel like it. Um, I just, I, I, that Dallas deal just, here, it's one thing to make the deal for Lance. It's another thing to go around and beat your own starting quarterback up in the media for two days. I just, I just... All right, let's get into the... Uh, I, hey, I want to do something here. And we're going to start taking a look as we get each and every single day closer to the Patriot game. We got so much to hit on here today. I, I really... Um, how many people believe that this Patriots game is going to be more of a challenge than what you think. Okay. Seals, do you think there's any real interest from Howie and Jonathan Taylor and that they should do, do it for the right price? Humpty, Jonathan Taylor, supposedly by tomorrow noon, Eastern time, the, pay, the, uh, the Colts want to have a deal on the table. Supposedly there's two deals on the table. The Miami Dolphins... And there's another team. It would not shock me if it was an NFC team. Uh, then again, here's another owner that's a loose cannon. So it's unpredictable. And anytime you have like Jim Ursay or Jerry Jones involved in a deal, the factor of it being unpredictable and really not making sense, you've got to always put that into the equation. So with Jim Ursay, Jim, see – Jim Ursay's also finding out right now what the price is for Jonathan Taylor, Humpty. You know what that is? That get this? No one's offering more than a two and a five. The Dolphins have a deal on the table right now for Jonathan Taylor for a two and a five. And the Colts want to make it one of those picks that if the kid turns out to be a 1,200-yard team or 1,200-yard rusher, it goes to a one. The Dolphins went no. The Dolphins... Just like every other team in the National Football League, it's not giving a one-up for Taylor. 
So as much as the owner, can, can I tell you what's happened here? The owners are self-colluding with running backs. They don't want to pay them, but when they want to trade them, the Giants, when they wanted to try to trade Barkley, found out it was a two and a five also. Holy shit, I can't get a one for him. Wasn't he like the third pick? They have self-colluded on themselves. Okay? Dude, I think the guy Jacobs got a great deal with the Raiders. He got a bump in pay, and if they tag him next year, it's $14 million. I'll do that. I'm good. That's a that's not a bad deal. That's not a bad deal. Oh, so if I get tagged next year, it's 14. Well, shit, I'll be one of the highest paid running backs in the game. I'm good. Well, Ursay wants a one. Wait a minute. You just said the owners and the league just said we're not paying running backs. But you know what the owners want? They want a first rounder for Barkley or for Jacobs or for whomever they think, John Jonathan Taylor. How can you have both? Wait a minute. We don't want to pay the player, but we want the other team to pay with equity of a first rounder. You see how these guys don't want to, owners don't want to do a good deal. Right there in a nutshell, it shows you exactly how harebrained some of these guys are. Hey, I'm not paying you $17 million. Okay, trade me. Why well, want a one for you? Not doing it. What do you mean you're not doing it? He's a first-round talent. Well, then pay the kid. If Jim Mersey thinks that Jonathan Taylor's a first-round talent, why wouldn't you just pay him? He doesn't want to. You see what you see how of a convoluted message it is? Look, look at the convoluted message. Hey, we're not paying these guys anymore. But if we trade them, we want a one. <laughs> well, wait a minute. You just got through telling us that he's not a first round, he's not the first round value, but then you want a first rounder, but you don't want to pay the kid. It, it, dude, they have screwed up the pay scale of the running back position with their words and their actions so bad. I don't know if that position will ever get straightened out until there's another Adrian Peterson in the sport again. It's going to take a superstar back to set the market right again because the owners have destroyed the running back market by their actions. They thought they were going to control the running back position with salary. Well, when all of a sudden, Ursay doesn't like he's not getting back in return the first-round pick he gave up. All of a sudden, he's like, why can't I get a one? I want a one for him. Nobody's giving you one. Not September 1. Hey, Bijan? Bijan's on a rookie deal. I'll take a rookie running back in the first round. Dude, what would you rather do? Take a rookie running back in the first round? Paying a million two? Or would you rather do this? Pay a veteran guy 14 million. Bijan Robinson's a steal for Atlanta. You don't have to pay him. That's why I said that's why when the Eagles potentially were looking at that, you would have paid less money than you paid for Miles Sanders 
and you would have paid less money than you're paying currently right now for Rashad Penny and for Boston. It made economical sense. The National Football League has totally destroyed the running back position financially because the owners got here. Another example of owners getting involved. I'm not paying them. I want a one for them, though. Wait a minute. It's, it's, like, it's like a kid with his sandbox in his shovel and pail when you listen to Jim Irsay. Dolphins have a deal on the table, two and a five. No, that's not enough. Well, then, if you're not going to, if you don't like that deal, you should pay Taylor. And you have a rookie quarterback who I don't think is very good. We'll find out. That's an opinion. Wouldn't it be cool to have the second best or first best running back in the in the game in his backfield to help him? Look at Jim Mersey. Would he? I mean, Jim Mersey and Jerry Jones are almost the same. Think of this for a second. So you take a guy out of the the, the offensive huddle that could help your young quarterback, keep you in third and short, and you want him to go away. You do that with a veteran quarterback, not a rookie quarterback. So you put a lesser talented running back and you have a quarterback that's a project. (laughs) Good luck. That's got disaster all over it, man. Why would you take components? Look at what they're doing in Philly with Jalen. They're trying to add players. They're trying to add pieces around him. They're trying to give him every get this. Let me let me let me let me let me show you something here on what again, Dallas and he and Philly. So in the last two years, they've taken Zeke Elliott and Amari Cooper away from him. And in the last two years, the Eagles have added AJ Brown and Devont or DeAndre Swift. Who do you feel like you're in better hands with? I mean, if I'm Jalen Hurts. Last two years, they got me A.J. Brown and DeAndre Swift. The Cowboys has taken away Zeke Elliott and Amari Cooper. How are you getting better? And replaced Amari Cooper's better than Brandon Cooks. Cooks is not a bad player. Michael Gallup's always hurt. And they lost the tight end Schultz. I mean, how could Dak Prescott succeed in Dallas when the owner's constantly taking pieces away, turning around, making a play for Trey Lance, and then talking shit on him five days before the start of the season? (laughs) I I mean, even me, I can't make – I mean, I, I try to make sense out of a lot of shit. I can't make sense out of that. I, I, I can't make sense out of that. I mean, Amari Cooper had 1,000 yards last year. With God knows who was quarterbacking until Watson got in there. What was it, week 12? Dude, every year. I mean, they're trying to help. Every year, they're trying to help jail. They even drafted offensive linemen. 
restructuring contracts on the offense. You know, man, Philadelphia Eagles do business the right way. You pay a guy $50 million, you're going to make sure the best people in the huddle in the NFL are in that huddle with him. Okay? And I think this is a fundamental flaw going on in Kansas City. I'm going to say something else about Andy Reid and Brett Veach there. Let me say this to you. That roster continues to disintegrate in front of our eyes since John Dorsey left. John Dorsey's a complete asshole. I understand that. He couldn't he couldn't deal with people decently in Cleveland, and he couldn't deal with people decently in Kansas City. I, I completely understand that. But as a talent evaluator, he found Mahomes. This is the guy that is a great talent guy. He put the majority of that Cleveland Brown roster together for Jimmy Haslam. He's just an asshole. I get it. The first Super Bowl that they won in Kansas City, that roster was loaded. Now, dude, I look at the offense and I go, I don't know. I mean, Travis Kelsey, a really good guard, and what? And what? Look at the defense. And you know what they're doing? Clark Hunt, they're trying to take a page out of New England. Well, we got the quarterback here who's not the highest paid guy in the league, so everyone else on our team can't be high. And that's what they're doing. They're beating everyone down with Mahomes. Mahomes hurts the salaries of every Kansas City Chief because he's not demanding to be the highest paid guy. I mean, if, if the best player in the sport is not the highest paid guy in the sport, how can Chris Jones demand it? That's why Richard Seymour gets traded or, or um, a Darrell Rivas. God bless you, bro, from Niners all day and me. Hollywood, Kyle Shanahan has no say in my quarterback selections any longer. He, 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 he could give maybe some insight, but every time I go to him, he absolutely has the worst intel, and he is the worst. He may be able to coach some of these guys, but when it comes to picking talent, he ain't it. I have no interest in him picking my quarterback talent. I have interest in him, quote, coaching it, but I don't have any interest on him evaluating guys coming out of college. He doesn't know what he's looking for. Okay? Big sales. Just, hey, man. Last chance, Lance. Shit with Jerry? Are you kidding me? Trey Lance will be a TV star in three weeks. JM goes, Chris Jones is the second best defensive tackle in the league. Outside of Aaron Donald, he deserves the money. They're not going to go, JM, they're, they're going to go to his agent and go, not paying him the high, we're not paying him $30 million. Highest paid player, $30 million. What are you, are you trying to say that you're, you're, you know, we we pay the starting quarterback here $46 million. We can't do that here in Kansas City. Why? The holding salaries down. You know, Dallas Goddard makes more money than Travis Kelsey. Dallas Goddard. The highest paid tight end in the NFL is in New York. Giants got him because the Raiders had him. He's the highest paid tight end. Okay? I mean, 
boy, you watch, you watch the way the Eagles do business, man. More every time Jerry Jones opens his mouth, you have more respect for how they do business in Philly. Because these moves just don't make sense, man. And the words and the and the the banner. It's like it's there to create a reality show. He thinks he's doing. Hey, get this. He may be creating great content for idiots like me and for people that do shows like mine. But as a football 53-man roster, you're sitting in that locker room right now going, so they 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 trade for a guy who sucks. They put him in the room. He won't get any reps. He'll be on the scout team. So let me ask you this. Do you think it's possible that they traded for Trey Lance so that they could get scout team looks for Jalen Hurts in practice? You know, I'm coming up with the most absurd things that I possibly could come up with on why that deal makes sense. Do you, I mean, it's it's a fourth rounder. I think I'm with Tone. It's That's a pretty high pick. But do you think that they're getting him and bringing him in to prepare the Cowboys? Um, and when they have to play the Eagles, that they're going to use him as a pseudo Jalen Hurts in practice to prepare for for the Eagles? I'm, like I said, I'm just spitballing here because I can't I can't figure what the hell he's not going to get quality reps. He, I mean, he's a third team guy. Cooper Rush is the second team guy in that building. I mean, you think that that's why they brought him in because he kind of reminds them of Hertz and an RPO? Or is that what they're going to go to next year after? Hey, again, I'm just, Tone, I'm just trying to come up. How about, like, you know, they fire, they fire um, Mike McCarthy and they bring an RPO coach in and they try to install the the uh, Philadelphia offense for I don't know I'm again I'm just I'm just trying to make some someone tell me why they traded for him he stinks he stinks how about this he is far worse than anything Carson Wentz was Trey Lance compared to Carson Carson Wentz was a Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. Is there ever rhyme or reason in Dallas? Man, now you know why the Cowboys can't win. You know what's funny? Troy Aikman, every single year, says the Cowboys can't win big games. It says he can't remember when the Cowboys have won big games. I think he, he needs to really look at it and go like this. When have the Cowboys ever really won the offseason? With no noise, proper decisions, right coaching hires. When have they ever? I think it starts in the offseason. This has been... I think this has been the noisiest I've seen the Cowboys in in decades. I mean, this is the noisiest Cowboy team of all time. 
At least with Jimmy, they won. I mean, at least with Jimmy, they won Super Bowls. And they were putting 13-win teams up. They made noise through winning and talking shit to people. It, it's like they're the greatest. I, I, I don't get it. I, I mean, it just totally doesn't make sense to me, man. And the Eagles go about their business the way they did with Derek Barnett today, professionally. They, they Get this. So the way the Eagles are doing business right now, they went like this to the agent, Derek Barnett's agent. Hey, look, we like the guy. And we'd really probably like the guy still to be on our team. Instead of having an adversarial relationship, how he's looking at Drew Rosenhaus and going like this. You know how we handled that whole Darius Slay thing? Let's have that kind of relationship here. You know, that's probably not having to be said because those two guys know that anyway. And Drew probably came up and said, listen, if we can find a compatible trade partner and the value's there, I need your assurance. He is going to make the roster tomorrow. Yes. Okay. If there's something better out there that you can get value, I'll try to find it. Drew's probably talking to Seattle, Chicago, Cleveland, the Jets. Um, probably not contacting common opponent, the Bucks. Um, probably wants to try to move him out of the NFC, but again, he's not a frontline guy, he's a backup guy, which means he's probably like to keep him. The Raiders would be a dance partner potentially to try to trade Derek Barnett to. They always look for reclamation projects. Okay. Um, like I said, Cleveland would be a place. Tennessee could be an opportunity to go to, too, because Mike Vrabel likes guys like Barnett. Guy to put his hand down and stand up as well. I mean, you could, you could, you could see that in Cleveland with, with Joe Barry there, too. I mean, I could see Joe Douglas talking about this. Hey, what would you want? You want a fifth rounder for him? Okay, how about a contingent fifth? If not, it's a sixth. Comes in, he plays 35% of the plays. It's a fifth-round pick. If he starts, he makes the Pro Bowl, turns into a third-round I don't know. Maybe you do a contingent pick on this. Uh, but I think it's going to happen probably Wednesday that you'll see Barnett moved if he is moved. Um, because you, you first want to set the rosters, and you want to see what's being cut and put on practice rosters. It doesn't make sense to make a move today. Why would you make a move today? Let's see the roster set. Okay? Teams will turn the rosters in by noon tomorrow. You'll have your 53 plus your 13 or 12, whatever it is, for your practice squad. And then teams will scour the practice squads and look at the waiver wire. Then on Wednesday, they'll look at the deficiencies on the Eagles. Safety, linebacker. There's no doubt that the Eagles have glaring weaknesses at safety and linebacker. And not only that, but they have the glaring weaknesses at those positions that affects your special teams. Because the majority of the players that are on those special teams on kickoff and punt return and punt coverage come from those positions. So that affects your special teams. So you're going to want to look for depth and low-income guys. This is where you balance your roster and your salary cap here. You get rid of guys that are making a little bit too much money 
And what you're going to do when you got a guy on your roster and you see a guy that's pretty good in special teams, maybe not a frontline starter, but if he had to go in on, say, a third-team linebacker, you'd feel comfortable doing it. But he's really notorious when it comes to running down kickoff coverages. I'm going to sign that guy, especially depending if the money's right. And I'm going to jettison the guy I have on my team. Okay? By the way, Carson Wentz did it right. There's a gigantic market for him. Wentz has a big market right now. I mean, it's not starter market money, but he's going to get an opportunity to go somewhere. Kansas City, San Francisco. Um, there, there, there's, a, there's a bunch of teams that have shown interest in him as a backup quarter. I thought he might land in Dallas, but once they made the, um, once they made the Trey Lance deal, that deal obviously is out. But I, hey, I could see Carson Wentz in New Orleans, maybe Denver, maybe Seattle. Could see him in a position like that. What team is Wentz on? No, no, no. I didn't say he's not yet. He's going to wait until the rosters are set. Carson Wentz will be on a football team, in my opinion, by the end of the week. Okay? He'll he'll be on a roster by the end of the week. All right. I want to do this. I want to take a look at the 2023 team, and I'm going to make a comparison for you, okay? Hey, don't forget, as we're getting closer to college football this weekend and also the NFL schedule, We're so excited to have our great friends at Hooters, and it's the 40th anniversary of Hooters, and we're so proud that the National Football Show, the official home, is Hooters and the seven locations in the Northeast area, most notably the King of Prussia one, where we'll be doing so many events from. I posted it on my Twitter page for you to go there and look when we're going to be in town. All you do is go to northeasthooters.com to find one of the seven locations nearest to you, the iconic, iconic Hooter girls are going to be there to serve you. Also, your fantasy draft parties. This is the place for you to go and really set up those fantasy parties. Do me a favor, call ahead because tables are limited. Tuesdays, the 40th anniversary, are doing so many of the things that really made Hooters what it was back in the day. Buy 10 wings, get 10 boneless free. Wing Wednesdays, 1983, significant because that's when the place was founded. All you can eat. Kids eat for free on Saturdays. How about this, too? Happy hours, man. There's nothing like Hooters when you're talking about happy hour and the great events that they have there for you. Six bucks, six items, fried pickles, your favorite drafts. All you do is go to northeasthooters.com to find one of the seven locations nearest to you. The King of Prussia one, we're going to be doing a lot of those great remotes at. And when you go to Hooters, do me a favor. Tell them Big Sill sent you.
Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go Bird! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go Birds. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. E A G L E S. Eagles. Jerry Jones drafting Dak or Jalen Hurts. Man, I thought Bill Polian's lie was a big piece of shit kind of comment when he said that they had a first round evaluation on Brady. What a lie that thing was. And Jerry Jones trying to change the narrative that he knows what he's doing. You understand that he, get this. You understand what he's trying to do by validating the Trey Lance pick by saying we would have drafted Jalen. It's a complete lie. When have they ever drafted a talent that's an RPO guy? When have they ever drafted a player like that? Mike McCarthy, when has he ever coached that? He's the brand new offensive coordinator that coached Favre and Rodgers. I wouldn't classify those guys as RPO guys. Man. I mean, the whole Jalen Hurts thing here now, we would have taken Jalen. Dude, no, you wouldn't have. The Eagles weren't even sure about Hurts. They drafted him to be the backup. Unbelievable. How people constantly try to change history. You tried to change history on Wentz. You try to change history on Hurts. 95% of the people that are watching our show now hate it hurts. But that's okay. You know why? Because Jalen played himself into a position to be the franchise quarterback. There's nothing wrong with that take. Get out of that old school mentality. Sills, I won't lie. I hated the pick, but I love the kid now. 
That's okay. That's a genuine take. That's genuine. Not just made up. And then these guys that just stick to this narrative. Uh, LeBron James is not a clutch guy. And you're like, oh my God. I watched that thing today, that undisputed thing. Same old topics. Rip Rogers. Kiss the ass of the Cowboys. Um, Rip LeBron. Kiss the ass of the Cowboys. It's the same shit, just with four dudes. Same shit. Four dudes. Hertz Pick had a whole city in a loop. Everyone who says otherwise is bull-faced liar. Yeah, because you've been so conditioned by some of the talk show hosts that if you flip your your take, for some reason, there's some sort of like golden rule that you can't change your opinion. It, it, you, it's not that you change your opinion. The player changes his place on the team. Why would you consistently hang on a take that's not real or true? It's not flip-flopping. Hey, I hated the pick when the kid came out of college. I love the guy now, man. He's proven me wrong. What's the what's the wrong take there with that? How he knew what he was doing. You want to put that on there too to make it feel better for yourself too? You can always add that shit on there. Okay. JM, that's that's a that's a honest, genuine take. I wasn't excited about the pick, but I didn't hate it. You know why he probably didn't hate it? Because he started to see the beginning of the end potentially for for Wentz and how Wentz handled himself. That's not a horrible take. Nobody hated Hurts. You didn't hear me once again, Keon. Hated the pick. Hated the pick. I don't know Jalen Hurts from a can of paint. Okay? I don't know him from a can of paint. I don't know how I could ever be confused with hating someone that I don't know. Okay? Whatever, guy. Okay? No one hated the Hurts pick. There you go, baby. You always have to have a bunch of them dudes. Hey, you see guys like Senor? Those are the guys that make the show move. How you doing? Like it. No one liked the Hertz pick facts. Thank you, Arthur. It's all good. I hated. Look at Kyle. Spoken like a true uh, Philadelphia in there. I hated the whole damn draft class. <laughs> I, hey, I hate. <laughs> How you doing, Senor? I got you, baby. Hey, that's, that is so a Philadelphia. Am I right? Tone, I hated the whole damn draft class. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about right there. <laughs> hey, Sills, I not only hated the Hurts pick, I hated the whole damn class. <laughs> um, right? All right, man. Let's see here. Let's let's roll on here now. Um Patriots first. Before I get into the roster, Patriots first. 
How many people think this is going to be a fourth quarter game? Now, it could be a fourth quarter game and you guys end up winning 30-24 or 30-21 or 34-21. It could be something like that where it's closer to the last nine minutes. And then you look at the score, you're like, I beat them by 12, so it's 13 points. Okay? I mean, but how many people think that game gets into the fourth quarter against New England? I want to start looking at this team every day. And we're going to start looking at it. John says, I hated the pick, but now I am so relieved that we can pull the trigger on Hurts. Have a great day, Dan. John, thank you. John, it's a great take. 55 nothing. Okay. Philly goes me. We need to put the Pats out early. Yeah. Cognac? Yeah. Yeah. If Philly, if New England can score, I think Philly starts slow. That'd be bad, B Walk. You don't want to start slow. You want to put that team away. I agree. I think you want to put that baby away. Let me, let me, let me, let me give you a little synopsis. And we'll start going more detailed into the Patriots here. Um, since 2000, the Eagles are eight and seven versus the uh, Eagles. Actually, eight and seven all time, excuse me. And since 2000, you've only beaten the Patriots twice. And of course, obviously, was the 41-33 Super Bowl win. So since 2000, the Eagles have only beaten the Patriots twice. And of course, the most significant game on the planet, you won. I mean, Foles outduels Brady. So um, overall, once again, you're 8-7 and seven against New England. But since 2000, you've only won two ball games against the Patriots. I think you had one in... Am I right when I say this, Tone? Was it 16 or 17? It was like, why, why do I see a 17-14 game somewhere? Was it what was it uh 18, maybe? 2018, 17-14. It was Wentz and Brady the last time they played in a regular season. Why do I see that? Am I wrong when I see that? I thought it was I thought it was a, in a regular season ball game. It was like 2018-17-14. Um and the Patriots won. Am I right with that? Patriots beat the Eagles in 19-17-10. That's it. That's it. So that's the last time in a regular season Brady and Wentz were the quarterbacks. So, I mean, obviously, the most important game you guys win, and that's the 41-33 Super Bowl. Mac Jones, a pro bowler. His first year, he was a pro bowler. Last year, 6-8, and eight, had 11 picks, completely struggled. I think there was a lot of chaos in the uh, front office and also on the coaching staff. And I would also make this point to you. There's a reason Bill O'Brien was brought into New England. He won Super Bowls there with Belichick, and he won a national championship with Mac Jones at Alabama. He was the offensive coordinator at Alabama. He knows this guy. That's why he has looked 
so much better this training camp is because Bill O'Brien knows who he is. That competition with Bailey Zappi was never a competition, except for the fact that Belichick said it at the beginning of camp, but it's never been really any kind of race. That has been Mac Jones's job because he's looked really good. Don't forget, he was a pro bowler in his rookie year. Okay? He made the pro bowl. Last year, 11 picks, not good. Obviously, numerous reasons. I, I, I look at that offense. Has New England ever had star power outside on the perimeter, outside of Randy Moss in the last 25 years? Have they? I mean, a cup of coffee with Antonio Brown? Have they ever had a bona fide superstar outside of Randy Moss on the perimeter. And, and Wes Welker's not a superstar. Have they ever had a superstar wideout? Josh Gordon was nothing in New England. He was spectacular in Cleveland. Name me one. I mean, they didn't have Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne at wide receiver in New England. That's not how they won games up there. They had undrafted, traded four dudes, changed a quarterback from quarterback to wide receiver in Edelman. They didn't have anybody. They didn't win a Super Bowl, and I said other than Moss. They didn't win a Super Bowl with Moss. They never won anything with a bona fide big-time wideout. Deion Branch, Troy Brown, a two-way player, Edelman, Amendola, Welker. It's not like New England has made a habit of having star wideouts in the Belichick regime. It's never really been a factor. It's been a tight end and run-the-ball-driven and a quarterback decision-making thing. So just because they don't have A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, that's not how New England wins games. They don't win games with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. They've never had guys like that. David Patton? Sure. I don't remember him. Is he, is he related to George Patton, General Patton? Uh, Chad Johnson? Didn't play. Okay? Didn't play. So, I mean... Unbelievable, man. They've never really... Reminds me of what Kansas City's doing. Well, Kansas City took that out of what the quarterback is. I think, you know what it does, too? I think it makes you more versatile having to spread the ball around more. Can I tell you this? Hey, Tone, what's that number? And I'll tell you the problem that the Eagles have, that as a coordinator, I like it. I know where the ball's going. It's going to three dudes because you have no other, no one else other than those three dudes. In Kansas City, Mahomes will target 14 guys. Spread the ball around more. Same thing in New England. They're going to spread the ball around as much as they possibly can. It's tougher to defend. 
Okay? It's tougher to defend. And you don't have the same personnel over there like you did last year. It's a tougher defense. But that's how they've done it. New England and Kansas City do the same things. They rely on quarterback decision-making. And they have in New England for 25 years. They've never, ever relied on a star-wide receiver. What does that do? I think the number Tone gave me was that 67% of the targets went to A.J. Brown and went to Devontae Smith. Almost 70% of the throws. Well, I got to defend those two. You ain't got anything else. That's why it was so important to try to get Swift in the building and to try to get him acclimated into the offense because it gives another option. And why is that? I'll tell you flat out. Because Jalen Hurts is not a very good progression reading quarterback. RPOs have not anything to do with progression reading. It's decision making. And it takes the progression reading of a seven-step dropper back there where you're looking one progression, two progression, three progression, dump off. He doesn't do that. That's not what an RPO is. He goes down the line of scrimmage, determines whether to keep it, throw it, or run it. Plain and simple. That's not a lie. When only two guys get the majority of your passes, that's what the RPO does. It targets people. You could say whatever you want. Almost 70% of your targets went to two guys. Two guys. When you play against New England and Brady or when you play against any of those offenses in New England and Kansas City, they go to 14 different 11 to 14 different guys. It makes it a tougher cover, and it helps you. Three guys, but your point is valid. Three guys, okay. 67% of your throws go to three guys, and one guy gets hurt, that number is going to go up to 75%. It's an easier cover if you have a good defensive unit. New England does. 70% went to three dudes. Hey, Goddard, AJ, and Devontae. Guys, there it is. There's the game. Got a limit? Here, we're going to hear. Um, Eagles are favored by four and a half as of today. Um... The Patriots are going to have to win second and first down if they're going to win this game. They got to win first and second down. Okay? And there's been some transition. And I'll tell you what, man, not having Skarnacki up there as their offensive line coach, boy, it's been a factor. I think that thing has deteriorated since he's left, and it just doesn't look like the same old line to me that they've had up there forever. And they usually are enormous and good. Okay? Usually enormous and good. And they just, especially in the guard play, they just don't look that hot in the guard play. Okay? And um, what's his name? Ben goes, Brady doesn't play. Well, then how in the hell did Matt Castle go 11-5? and five? Or Garoppolo 4-1? and one? Or Brissett 2-1 and one when they were up there? How'd that happen? How did Matt Castle, who's never started it down in college, Win 11 games and then, how did, how did that happen? 
by accident? When Brady got hurt, he went 11 and 5. Brady got hurt in that Kansas City game. They still won 11 games. Whatever. Um, I say if you're the Patriots, you've got to do and hope you can limit the Eagles to 10 possessions if you want to win that game. By the way, Gary Cobb will join us at 4:30. You you've got to limit New England. You got to limit the Eagles to 10 series. You can't let them have, and you can't let them go on 14 play drives. You just can't. Okay. You know i I couldn't wait to get G Cobb in here, and before we get get him in here, I want to one more time circle back. And the cowboy thing, you, you're you're 13 days out from the start of the season, and you're taking a shit on Dak Prescott by going out and trading for a guy who stinks, and then turning around and trying to validate the move by bashing Dak Prescott. I I just the way the Cowboys do business compared to the Eagles is right there front and center to you. It just it, it just doesn't make sense. You trade for a guy. And then you upset the quarterback and the whole room. It just, I mean, this is the kind of stuff, again, self-inflicted wounds. Let's bring G. Cobb in from Fox 29. And, Gary, the way the Eagles do business versus the Cowboys is front and center right there in that Trey Lance deal. Well, I, I think you're very right in that, um, you know, the, the Eagles, you know, uh, Jeffrey Laurie likes to know what's going on. But he's not going to come in and just – strong arm or get in the, you know, start something that uh, he's not going to do that. He's going to get be in the flow of what they're doing. And they're looking at a plan down the road. They've already talked about who they're going to get. They're not going to just get hot over somebody, you know, at the last minute and go out and grab them and everything. No, there's got to be a plan to it. And so the whole thing about the mindset of the team is very important. You know, um, if your quarterback's not right, you're not right. That's, you know, I mean, that's the way it is. This is a quarterback-driven league. And to be making this move with this kid who's been stinking up the joint, you know, um, he's a he's a, he's a project. That's what the kid is. I'm going to say something to you, Gary, here. I said this in the last hour. I think if Dak Prescott wants to win a Super Bowl, he's got to get out of Dallas. And I think Jerry Jones holds him back because – for him to do the thing, I mean, everyone, it's easy, isn't it, Gary, to always dump on us, the players. Yeah. But at the end of the day, when the owner puts all these self-inflicted wounds out there on the team for the last 30 yeah. years, yeah, I say that he's got to get out of Dallas if he wants to win a Super Bowl because he's not going to win because that guy constantly getting in the way. You, you know, Jerry is he's more a fan than anything else. I mean, he loves the game. And yes. And, you know, and, and he should be celebrated for that, you know, but he's got to stay in his lane. If he would just, you know, put a barrier up so he can't go in and start meddling, you know, he screwed that organization up for, for it's been, you know, decade after decade, really. And I'm not going to say the player's name that, you know, talk to me about this. But he's a player that's been there all these years. He's been around the team. He's been one of the keys, one of the reasons, you know, they have 
the trophy sitting there and stuff. But we talked about this, and Jerry loves the game. Jerry loves the players. That's why he's got to stay away from the players, <laughs> you know, because he's going to fall in love with a guy. And now what, what is the coach going to say to the guy? If the guy's got a close relationship with the owner, the guy knows, look, you can't tell me what to do. Me and Jerry are like this. So you hurt the player. See, you hurt him because he needs a coach to kick him in his butt. You need to get pushed sometime. Everybody needs that. And when you take that away, you know, uh, it's not like this is baseball. You know, baseball's different, you know. A guy pushing you and pushing you might not be the way all the time. You need to be pushed in football. Football's an uncomfortable sport. You got to be pushing yourself. And if you want to be a great team, you need you need guys to come in and be able to tell you, look, man, you got to step it up. And your coach has got to be able to do that and know that he doesn't have somebody standing in back of him that's making everything he says, no power in it. And hey, you know, Gary, God, I, look at, Jerry, I look you know. at Jerry Jones, Yeah, and to me, he's the NFL's version of Donald Trump. And what I mean by that is he just <laughs> loves the attention, good or yep. bad, yep. whether it's a mugshot or whether it's a trade for a bum. I mean, both these guys, they just love the publicity of the publicity. Yeah. And it, they don't care about the collateral damage. And I think that's kind of – they. He reminds me of Trump. It just seems that, hey, if, if you're not talking about the Cowboys, good or bad, then you need to be. <laughs> I, I mean, that's the way Jerry is, you know, and Jerry's a great businessman. And, you know, he, he's really one of the keys for the success of the league. Absolutely. Stay in your lane, Jerry. You're not a football coach. Stay in your lane. And that's that's something, you know. I'm wondering, you know, uh, some of the guys that, that told, told me about, you know, the situation down there, that they shouldn't go over there and just have a, have it out with Jerry to tell him for his own good. But it's too late now. I, Aikman, I don't... Aikman has gone to him and said, let, let people be and do their jobs. It's almost like, you know, they had a guy in the building. They had Jimmy Johnson, Larry Lacewell, and they had a guy by the name of Bob Ackles. You remember all those yeah, guys? Yeah, you know I remember. Come on. Okay? I yeah. mean, those guys were the football ops guy with Jimmy. Yes. And those were the people that were bringing the talent. They haven't had guys like those dudes in that building in a long time. Because guys that are serious, you know, after they see, you know, Jerry come in there and meddle, some of the guys, they don't take it seriously now. The, the, the organization is making all kind of money. Absolutely. But, but but it's not about the money. They want to win some championships. And the only way you can do it with... Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply football is you got to have somebody there with some pointed boots kicking people in the butt absolutely all right the way around Derek Barnett um Drew Rosenhaus is the agent obviously that was handled very well and I would think that how he enjoyed how that Darius Slay thing was handled this offseason with Mm -hmm. being able to keep the guy get the three and a half million Drew Rosenhaus is his agent and for me I like how this is being handled. Again, we talked about Jerry and the Cowboys and how they handled that Lance deal. This is more like, I would think, hey, you want to find a dance partner? You know, we'll be, and if there's a good return, I mean, I could see some place like Cleveland or yeah. a place like the Jets where there's a relationship with the general manager and say an Andrew Barry or a Joe Douglas. I mean, just yeah. give me your sense of this whole thing here, that Barnett, it doesn't seem that it's adversarial, too. It looks like no, they no, want not. him, mm-hmm. but if they want it, but if you can move him, they'll look at what the compensation is. So I mean they're kind of in the middle here with this. Am I right? That's right. Because they got they got depth at the position. See, they they've got a lot of players. The thing you know about with Barnett is the kid plays hard. I mean, you know, sometimes he gets some stupid penalties, but you cannot say he does not play hard. And 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 that just brings something to your team, you know. You know, football's not a kissy kissy game, you know. And I'm out there trying to make friends. So Barnett is the guy that's going to come in there, and <laughs> he's got no problem with, you know. I'm not going to say he's a dirty player, but you know, if he he's got a chance, well, I might be getting there late or whatever. He's coming, okay. And if he happens to hit your quarterback, and that throws him out of his game, you know, I've seen him do that where. He's messing a guy up because they know he's there and he plays hard. So uh, I think that they, because of the way he's done for he's played for the Eagles, they kind of know that they really have got some young players they would like to put in position and let them give them a shot. So I could see where they want to move him, and it's it's good for him and good for the team. How about this? Would you be open to bringing Jason Peters in as backup for the offensive line? <laughs> I'm thinking that at one point, Jason's going to be in the grave and somebody's going to be digging him out. <laughs> hey, I said this before, Gary. You know what a goat move is, is when you do this. Look, I'm retired. No, please play. <laughs> I, I, I tell everyone, I wish to God somebody had called me and said, hey, please, we want you to come and play. I'm on the other end going, please sign me. Hey, come on. I mean. Uh, I, for a couple million? Hey, what, what time do you want me to be there? Yeah, right. Hey, man, just to sit there here. You want some water? What am I making? Four million? There you go. That's right. I'm in. I mean, because they they let loose of Dennis Kelly. I was a little shocked with that, that they let loose of that. But you know, yeah. How do you how do you feel about this group going in compared to last year's group? Well, you know, the the, the reason that they let that move, uh, they let that happen. I, I I feel good about the group. Uh, the kid Tyler Steen is the reason that they let Kelly go. Oh, okay. Uh, Tyler Steen had a good camp. He's a good camp, and he's and he looks good. I see him out there working. He 
He, he's not intimidated by anybody. He's a big, strong kid. And, you know, he got a mean streak. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's, he's really looked at good at, at, at tackle, you know, and he's really played a lot more tackle than he has guard. But he's very comfortable. I think they're comfortable with putting him in there. They, they wouldn't uh, have a problem with them playing either side. So that's the reason that they are letting Kelly go. It's because of Steen. And uh, he's going to be there, and he can play multiple positions. Absolutely, man. You could put him at right tackle or um, left guard. I mean, yep. anywhere. And of course, they position. you know they have Jack Driscoll too. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, he's the ultimate Swiss Army knife. There, yeah, hey. They, so they've got people. You know. Do you think this coaching staff is better than last year's coaching staff? I no, I I, um, I I would say right now I couldn't say that they are, but uh, I think there's a chance. Well, did they you have a be. high opinion of last year's staff? No, I don't. I'm not crazy about that stuff. <laughs> yeah, but but you know what? They got to the Super Bowl. They so, did. That's right. That's you know, right. I, I got to give them credit for that. But um, that's fair. I think they could be better. You know, I really like the the uh, some of the things I like. I'm I'm interested in seeing though the defensive coach in a game. I feel comfortable about what's happening on the offensive side of the ball. They got a lot of the same people making the decisions, so I feel comfortable with what they got there. And and really, they got a scary offense. I think that passing attack is better than it was last year. Just I'm going to you know. throw this at you here. Yeah. Angelo Cataldi does not think much of Nick Sirianni. He okay. he was on with us last week, and he thinks he's a cheerleader. Um, yeah, but I, I think he's, I, I don't agree with that. Tell I me why, Kerry. Well, I don't agree with that because he knows football. The guy does know what he's doing. He knows especially. Is it football or he knows people? Well, both. Okay. Both. And I think you got to I think you got to have both. Uh I think you got to have a feel for people in order to be able to be a good football coach. And the thing is though is he knows the attack that they put together, the pressure is putting on different people, the way they're going to be attacking people. It's not an accident. I see them out there. They going they're going to have this what they did last year. They're moving it up a notch. The uh, the receivers, and, you know, he was a receivers coach. But he knows the pass offense. He knows the run offense, you know. And especially their pass offense, it's going going to take another step up because they got a better feel for each other. They're going to know what other teams are in. Teams are going to try to be playing too deep because they are they respect both of the receivers out, outside that they have. And, and they're ready to attack them right now, I'll tell you that, because – you know, uh, you don't have that safety up there. Can you stop them from running the ball? Mm, probably not. And uh, throwing the ball, uh, they, they're going to be on the attack downfield. Uh, you know, you're going to expect uh, more out of Goddard this year. He's healthy. And you got those weapons outside, man. And uh, I think Jalen, like I said, I think they're better than they were last year. So then you look, you look at the defensive side of the ball. That is where, uh, you know, going to have the questions because – They've got some uh, young people in key positions, starting at the linebacker position with N'Kobe Dean in there in the middle. Uh, they're expecting a lot of him right away, uh, and, and that's going to be a challenge. I'm going to be interested in seeing that. You know, uh, Zach Cunningham will be the other linebacker, and the kid Ellis will be on the field a lot. I think Ellis is a better against the pass. He's very good pass defender. So, um, and then you got the safeties. That's what's going to be interesting, but um, you know, I think they're going to pass. I think they're going to get. They're they're, they're going to have a good season, uh, and a good season. I'm talking about, you know, 12, 13 wins. You know, I think they're in the playoffs. 
Uh, but of course, you got to stay healthy. And I, you know, the big thing they got to do is reduce the threats to Jalen Hurts. And Jalen has got to get into where he's dumping that ball down like Montana did for years and all the other great quarterbacks. Give the ball to your running back. It, you know, rather than you scramble, you dump the ball to uh, Swift. Let him run with the ball. See, that's what he's got to do more and more. Don't need to take off and run. Let's look for that running back. Boom, we dump the ball. You run with the ball. You but, know what, but, Gary? Uh, I never thought about it until you just said it. If, uh -huh. if you want to have self-preservation, it's not about the plus 25 plays. It's about the five-yard little dump-offs that's right. that keep the sticks moving yep. and less contact on you yep. and getting that screen game going. So Swift might be one of the most important people in this offense if they want to move the chains yes. without putting that guy in harm's way. That 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 could be the key to keeping this guy preserved the entire 17-game season. And that is the idea. Um, Swift is great at catching the ball out of the backfield. He does a great job with his patience, uh, with the screen game and the draw game. And, uh, you know, you got the game well. He's, he's very good and, and getting better because he's learning more from Swift. Because Swift's got great patience with it. That's the way the, the, uh, the running backs that run the, the screen game the best. And I know from being in there and watching him, if a guy's too quick, he gives it away. You yeah. know right away he's running the screen. Plus some guys will start doing things they don't realize their, their arms start shaking when they're going to get the screen, you know, rather than be patient. He's quiet with his feet, feet and takes his time and lets you get the drop. And then, boom, he gets that screen and he got great vision and explosiveness. And so you, you're going to see a lot of that this year. And that's why they want to get that ball out of Jalen's hands on those plays. And that's going to be one of the keys to the season because he's not going to be a threat to get hurt. Two last questions for you here. I was talking to Velma over the weekend and I asked him about Nicobe Dean. He goes, it's not a question of whether or not the guy can play. It's going to be also a question. And, of course, you playing the linebacker position. He said this about tipping the defenses off because he'll want to get the defense set so that he can make adjustments if he has to. Correct. Because he goes, the more experience you get, the more you take that quarterback down to that five-second mark when they set the line, Correct. Where you can make your adjustments. And mm -hmm. he goes, that comes with reps. He goes, You're right. And Dan, he goes, I'm not even talking about whether or not the kid can play. I'm talking about if he can get these guys lined up correctly. Because when you play against, and I, I never thought about that, Gary. You are so right. You are so right. I mean, right. he's like this. He goes, is he yeah. going to tip off the defenses too soon? Because mm -hmm. he's going to want to get those guys set. That's right. You, you, you want to be patient. And especially if you got veteran players. You know, they can play the game with you where they're, they're cool. They're not going to be panicking. And you can tell them in the huddle, look, we're going to slide. We're going to this is what we, be ready for it, but we're going to do this. But I'll let you know when. And he's got to have that kind of poise in there. But that will be the key because they got a pass rush. And there are going to be times where people are going to be trying to get an advantage on them. But the longer that he can wait and be poised, and you're going to see this team on the attack. And the defense is going to be the key to the season. The offense is going to be there. They're going to be scoring a lot of points. Will the defense be able to respond? And uh, we'll, we'll know that, you know, as the season goes along. But we'll be looking at those safeties and the linebackers. Last question for you. How concerned are you about this Patriots game? I mean, 
you know, there's so much of the kryptonite that they have. I mean, their okay. offensive line is not what it was with Skarnaski up there a couple yes. years back. It's a little bit lesser of a talented group. They've got some good people. They've added Zeke. I don't know what he has left in the tank. The kid mm-hmm. Stevenson's good, though. Yeah. Um, To me, I said this a couple minutes ago about the Patriots. I said, you're going to want to limit the Eagles to 10 series in a game, make it a fourth-quarter football game, Yes, and just try to beat them in the fourth quarter and take your shot in the fourth quarter. Because, Gary, I don't think they have enough offensive skill set to hang with the Philadelphia Eagles. But if they make it a fourth quarter game, it's week one. We all know what happens in week one. Mm-hmm. That could be an interesting ball game. It's four and a half points now. But does yes. it concern you a little bit? Well, it definitely uh, does because, you know, um, you know, the, the, the type of legacy they have up there uh, to where they teach guys to play smart football. And that's where the type team, and it's really gonna gonna come down to what they're doing at the quarterback position up there because you know last year he didn't play well, you know. Can the Eagles force a turnover early, you know? Can then they get him rattled and get to him early, you know? That's going to be the key to the game because the Eagles are going to score some points if they could get a turnover and get get that offense shaky there early. Then you know they could go ahead and make this thing easy, but. You know, if, they, if they're able to put together long drives and they're scoring points against the Eagles and, and they're put, like you said, they're taking those long drives with the, you know, dink and dunks, eating up the clock. That's the kind of game the Patriots want to play against the Eagles. So they need a turnover or something here or there. And that's going to be the key really to this season for this team is can that defense, you know, can they answer the bell and can they answer it early? That's going to be the key to the season. SC go all the way this year? Uh, they got a ways to go. That defense didn't impress me, you know. They're going to score points, but that defense, man, I'm going like, oh, man, these kids. But Gary, I got to say this to you about this Lincoln Riley guy. Yes. Horrible defenses at OU. Yeah. And you, when me and you were in college, they yeah. were legendary defenses. That's right. When you played at Southern Cal, yeah, they were legendary defenses <laughs> at Southern Cal. Legendary offenses. Yes. Uh, I'm talking old line and running backs and receivers. I mean, boy, man, it's a different looking football program. That's right. That doesn't look like <laughs> that doesn't look like the Trojans I know, man. No, no, they, they got to get much better on the defensive side. But you know, I, I give them uh, credit. I mean, he is very innovative when it comes to offense. He's always got three or four steps ahead of the defense, and he does a great job. And, and what they do is he's calling the play from the sideline. And they're making audibles in there, man. And <laughs> I got to admit, they can score points. So, because they're going to have to, because that defense got a long way to go, man. I tell you what, man. I, I, I got to say, you, you played at the LA Coliseum and mm-hmm. you played at the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Man. And of course, Boyle Stadium. <laughs> that's right, that's right. <laughs> hey, hey, Gary, thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. All right. Have a great day. You got it. The great Gary Cobb, man. Fox 29's Gary Cobb. We appreciate him always coming aboard with us. Hey, by the way, don't forget, 40th anniversary. 40th anniversary. You got it, the Hooters, and we're proud to be involved with them as they have chosen the National Football Show to be the official home of this coming fall season here, and we're so proud to be a part of it. Thank you so much. NortheastHooters.com, one of the seven locations nearest you. During this football season, make sure you get there and have yourself a cold one, man. And 
Have yourself a great time. Fantasy draft parties. This is the place you're going to want to go. By the way, don't forget King of Prussia. We're going to be there each and every single month. And we look forward to seeing a lot of you out there with us. The iconic Cooter girls are going to be there serving you. The 40th anniversary, great specials like Tuesdays. You you buy 10 wings, you get 10 boneless free. Wing Wednesdays, 1983, all you can eat on Saturdays. I mean, fantastic time for all. It's always, I've known these folks for 40 years. I've known Phil, the owner. I know uh, Greg, everyone that's involved with the Hooters in the Northeast area. By the way, one more time, go to northeasthooters.com. Go online, find one of the seven locations nearest you for you find out what I've been talking about. They're great happy hours, six bucks, six items, fried pickles, special. When you go to Hooters, do me a favor. You make sure you tell them Big Sill sent you. Passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently. Go first. <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, go first. and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go first. greatest fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles all right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk Champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready, all right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mom. Mama, go up, up, up! She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Big Stilts! 
Nolan Smith still hurt, huh? Okay. I'll tell you one thing the Eagles do a really great job of hiding player injuries. That's because they're not honest with the Eagle media and the Philly media. They're not honest with them. Always remember that. Nolan Smith, um, I mean, he's like always hurt. Still the shoulder? Hurt all last year at Georgia. Yeah, Joey. Missed half the season last year. Yeah. Could that be a problem? I don't know. Reddick injured too. He seems that he says he's going to be ready for week one. Okay. Had surgery a couple days ago. All right. Okay. Dylan goes, he's fine. How can a guy be fine when he didn't get any reps, really, in the exhibition season? Dude, so I, I like how people think you just think you're going to walk off a college football f- field and you're going to walk on to Gillette Stadium and you think it's going to be a seamless transition. Have you ever done it? It ain't that easy. It's not that easy. The game's quicker. The game's smarter. See, it's not anything to do with physicality. It's got nothing to do with being a stronger or faster guy. It's a smarter game. It's a quicker game. Everyone knows what they're doing. And the ones that don't, those are the ones they attack. That It's got nothing to do with strength and size. Nothing. I never played against a person stronger than me in my entire football career. No one was ever stronger than me. And for that fact, probably not faster than me. But that didn't matter. You go against a guy like Don Mosbar, who's 275 pounds, has arm reach and all that other stuff. And I'll fly. Yeah, but yeah, but 11, being stronger and faster has nothing to do with being a football player. It, 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 it's what got you there. It helped. Those guys are all fast and strong. Okay. Nobody bent 600 pounds that I played against. I did. I ran a 4.8 at 300 pounds. What offensive lineman ran 4.8s? 600 pounds. 30 vertical. 28. That had nothing. I'm making a point here that that doesn't matter. Not blowing myself. That doesn't matter. And just because you played at Georgia, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But yet you guys believe in your heart of hearts that players are just going to walk off the Georgia football field and what some guys can. Those are the elite and special ones. I'm not saying that that doesn't happen because it does. We see it every year. You were like this. I'll tell you this. The kid that the uh, Seahawks drafted in the second round, that kid Walker from Michigan State, he was impressive. Thousand yard back. That's why they cut Penny. 
That's why they got rid of Rashad Penny. Penny was unreliable, always hurt. That kid was a thousand yard back his rookie year. They moved off him. Move, they moved off the 27th pick in the, or whatever. They moved up to get him, too. Seahawks moved up to get Penny. It was a colossal failure. By the way, what we're going to do at the top of the hour, I didn't even get to the second topic yet. We haven't even gotten to the second topic. I'm going to compare this team versus last year's team as you get ready for the upcoming 2023 season. Okay? <clears throat> and I said this again, right before we got Gary Cobb on New England, I know many of you aren't concerned about him. You should be because they could beat you. Um, <clears throat> do I think that? No. And on this particular day here, what would I think that score would be around? Thirty-three twenty, something like that. Thirty-four twenty, pull away late. Your defense is not going to be very good in this game. Now, that'll help you. That New England has no skilled players outside the running back. Juju Smith-Schuster. Then again, Juju Smith-Schuster ran circles around you in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. So I don't know. Little different though, Mac Jones throwing the ball compared to Patrick Mahomes, but Juju Smith Schuster ate your secondary up in the Super Bowl. So, I mean, this guy's already had a game on you. All right. Um, that game will be close. I do think they pull away late. But again, if the Patriots want to win this ball game, they got to win first and second down. Okay, they got to they got to hurt the Eagles on first and second down, and they can win first and second down because I think your run game once again for the second year, maybe third year in a row, is not going to be all that hot. Okay, you got a lot of young players. Your middle linebacker, I'm not a believer in, and I'm not a fan of. Okay, so. I'm not a fan of your Mike linebacker until until proven otherwise. I'm not a fan of that and how they've how they've done this. And in my opinion, they've rushed this because of money. That's a money move. I'm not a fan of how they're developing Nicobe. He had no reps in the offseason. Very limited. He didn't look good. He didn't have a good camp. But they're comfortable. Again, like I said on Friday, they're married to this. They're married to this. Okay. And they're gonna we're gonna we're gonna tee this up in 13 days and we're gonna get a good look at it. Um the only reason the Chiefs game was close and the win was because of Mahomes. There's no Wade Jones beats the Eagles. Tyler Heineke beat you. Don't say no way. Tyler Heineke beat you. Tyler Heineke. 
and Hertz played. Tyler Heineke. And that was a well-coached game by Del Rio and Ron Rivera. They didn't do anything special. If you look at the numbers in that game, you know what they did? They limited Hertz, and there were awful turnovers. There were awful turnovers in that game. They limited the, the touches. Tyler Heineke. Any given Sunday. Fair enough. 33-20, something in there. Okay. Big Seals, remember the Saints game in the link again? They left with a W. Eh, Hurts wasn't in that game, though. The great coaching job that they had. By the way, I don't think your coaching staff, um, eh, maybe it is an upgrade. I hated your coaches last year. I didn't think they were very good. I get this. Both got jobs. What did Shane Steichen do? I'm still trying to figure that out. Well, what did Jonathan Gannon do? I'm still trying to figure it out. Maybe, maybe, maybe it is an upgrade. Because I, I actually like what decides at least trying. I, I like what at least Sean decides trying to do. Okay? 31-17. If they, hey, B-Walk, I'll say this to you. If they score quickly, but here's the problem once again. Eagles don't put teams away. They never put teams away. They'll let, they'll let New England back in because they always do. You know why? Because Jalen Hurts has to run the ball. If Jalen doesn't run the ball, you'll get three and outs. Christian Ellis and Zach Cunningham sells thoughts. I like Cunningham, um, Christian Ellis, and Devin. I'll say this to you: you, my thoughts are this. Well, for the money they're paying them, it 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 fits the roster and it fits what they do. Um, it's it's a downgrade from Kaiser White. Kaiser White had 117 tackles. Cunningham might be better though. I don't know. I mean. I'm, look, look, I'm all right with Cunningham. Cunningham might be Kaiser White equal. He could be. He could be. A, he could be. Okay? He could be. He could be. Did they put Washington away in the first game? You split with Washington? All right. Tyler Heineke and Daniel Jones have wins against Jalen Hurts. Mahomes lost to crappy Colts team, so anything... Hey, Maniac, don't bring that up. I mean, the Eagles beat the Colts last year, didn't they? And Mahomes and the Chiefs lost, was like week two or three? They lost to them? They lost to that shitty Colts team. The Super Bowl champions. Right? Oh, we beat the Colts. Yeah, and then they turned around and work your ass in the fourth. Daniel Jones is putting serious work in. Okay. <laughs> Good luck to you, man. Good luck to you. Hour number three coming up. I am going to make, and you help us out here. Are you better going into the 2023 season than you were last year? Are you a better team? 
Are you a better roster? We're going to look at it. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently. Go first. <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, go first. and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. greatest fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles all right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Thank you, Mama. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. E-A-G-L-E-X Eagles Big Sales National Football Show Appreciate you coming aboard Thank you very much Um, Two quarterbacks that could be on the move This coming offseason Dak Prescott and Kyler Murray Right? Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, Arizona right now is basically telling their entire fan base and the players in the locker room, and most importantly, the players in the locker room, everything you did in camp was for nothing. They're dumping players. They're dumping everything they can because they want the number one overall pick, and that's putting – 
and going to put pressure on Kyler Murray. If I'm Kyler Murray and you're doing all this, what would propel me to get on the field with that shitbox talent that you're putting out there? Why? I'm starting to believe that Kyler Murray is not wrong. I don't think he's the most mature guy on the planet. I don't think that he's the best leader. But how can you win with the Bidwells running that thing? Do you really think right now Arizona's trying to win or do you think they're trying to win next April? What's more important to them, April or February? You went to training camp and you were an Arizona Cardinal. You found out today as they're trying to move Buda Baker and some of these other guys, they move Hop in the offseason. You're not trying to win. You're not trying to win. You're looking at next April as a win where you potentially get the number one and number two first-round pick to rebuild your team and trade Murray and maybe get a one for him. Dude, man, makes no sense. You went through the whole notion so you could sell tickets? Man, what an awful environment if you're an Arizona Cardinal fan. They have no intention every single year to win. There's an organization you can circle every year to F up everything. I mean it. You know how the Eagles and Jeffrey Lurie tries every year to win? The Bidwills don't. Because, again, it's financially not worth it to them to spend money. I told you this before. Whether you're 17-0 and 0 or you're 0-17, you make the same money. NFL, it's profit sharing. The NFL shares the money. You may make different money when it comes to your, your fan base. I think the Cowboys and the Raiders have a different, different merchandising deal. But most of, the, most of it is all shared. The NFL Network is all by, owned by all 32 owners. They all share in that. They share in the advertising. They share in the advertising dollar during the Super Bowl. All of that. The Bibles don't give a shit. This is why the Brown or the Bengals are in a funny position. Because usually Mike Brown doesn't give a shit. But now he's got a quarterback he's got to do something with. See, Mike Brown really wants to win to a point. And, and that's what I would say 60% of the owners in the NFL. They want to win, but they want to win to a point. They're not going to go over that. Jer- Jerry, Jerry Jones, the owner of the Cowboys, he wants to win his way. He's got a different vision of winning. Bob Kraft and Jeffrey Lurie see a Lombardi trophy as a win. Jerry looks at TV ratings and net worth of his team. That's his Lombardi. Michael Bidwell, owner of the Cardinals, he wants to win to a point. You, you, you know, you know, you know, uh, John Angelos, the owner of the Orioles. That's a prime example. I want to win to a point. I want to win to a point. Then he goes out and tells his fan base, hey, thanks for supporting us. You know all the guys we have now? I got to raise ticket prices because I don't want to pay. I want you to. I'm sorry. Um, great message. And fans already know that. Nobody likes to be told this in Philadelphia. 
Eagles are raising ticket prices. And you know in the back of your mind why. You got to pay for Hurts. You know that. You know that. At least the owner doesn't come out and go like this. Hey, listen, man, you guys got to pay for Dak Prescott or you got to pay for Jalen Hurts' contract. Okay? You got to pay for it because I'm not. That's why we're raising ticket prices. Even though the salary cap goes up, at least he doesn't come out and say that. Angelos with the Orioles is going, hey, um, the guys we have on our team, you're going to have to fit the bill. We're going to have to raise ticket prices 200% in the offseason here. <laughs> Classic. Unbelievable. Really, hey, some of these guys, man, I mean, they got like a like a disorder where they just can't like, dude, got to have bedside manner here when you're talking about your consumers and people that come into your building. Like the guy Josh Harris has no common sense. We get we have a process. No, you don't, dude. You have a process of punching season tickets out, raising season ticket prices, having one star in the building, two lunatics, and being bounced in the opening round. That's your process. But that's a winning process. Why? Because people like Tone and everyone fill the Wells Fargo Center. That's a win. <laughs> I hate to be that guy. Okay? That, I hate to be that guy. Ben says Philly will always pay. Yeah, because you know what? The greatest fan base on the planet are the ones with the greatest backbone and desire and pride. You don't really believe the Buffalo Bills were ever going to move out of Buffalo, do you, to Toronto? The NFL would find an owner to keep that bitch there. Trump was never going to get his hands on that team. Never. Bills Mafia? Shit. They're gonna build them a they're gonna build them a palace. It's a spectacular fan base. The Eagle fan base is so needed in the NFL, though. You can light a, you can light a fire under them by just mentioning Dallas Cowboys. All you have to do to light a fire is do this. Boy, the Dallas Cowboys look awful good this year. Man, they did so much in the offseason. Man, you see the, the press coverage they're getting. Isn't it great? The number one brand in the NFL, man. Isn't it great seeing that star helmet? Am I making you throw up yet? <laughs> She'll stop, you know. You know. I'm, uh, <laughs> hey, Sills, please stop. Okay. Look, look, look at Sway. Sway's like, Sway, I know. I know. Hey, 29 goes, so that's enough. <laughs> hey, dude, you know what you guys, I, I'm not kidding you. When Stephen Jones sent me that, that helmet, remember I had the helmet up here and Xander goes like this. Even Xander went like this. It says, you got to get that. That thing's got to, that thing's got to go, Sills. That thing's got to go. Get that thing out of here, man. 
That thing's got to go, dude. I swear to God, I moved it out of the building because you know why? There was some sort of like juju going. <laughs> Sills, be honest. When was the last time Miami football was relevant? Hey, Niners, shut up. <laughs> hey, Niners, shut up. All right, let's get into this. Niners, shut up. Okay? What? Hey, hey, Niner. The NFL salary caps and teams have to spend 95 to 100% of the cap. Really? Then why did the Bears have $90 million this, af- this last offseason? They haven't spent all that money, Paul. There's no floor. That's the NHL. There's no floor. <laughs> what are you talking about? The Bears had $93 million in cap space this past offseason. What are you talking about? Anyway, let's do this. How many people believe as you set the roster tomorrow that you think that the Philadelphia Eagles are a better team? I'll take that back. We don't know what kind of team yet. Do you think you have a better roster heading into the 2023 season than you did a year ago? Seals, did you see Jerry say that? We're looking to draft Jalen. Ray, you don't believe that, do you? I got some land down in uh, down in the uh, Keys. So it's over near Alligator Alley. It, 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 hey, you know, it's on pogo sticks. It's a little swampy. It's in the glades, kind of. It's really good solid land, though. Okay? Really good solid land. Ray, you ain't believing that, are you? Younger roster, yes. We have a better roster, says Mateo. What up, Joshua? Here's how, Let's take a look at that. 2022 roster versus the 2023 roster. Okay. Quarterback. I think he got a better quarterback in 2023 than he did in 22. Don't you? Let's start with the quarterback. You think he got a better quarterback in 23 than you do heading into 2022? Right? Nobody saw MVP season. Okay. It, it, that's not the question, B-Walk. Do you think you have a better quarterback heading into the 2023 season? I think you do. Favors the 23 team. This next one's going to be interesting. 
got a better running back in 2022 or heading into the 2023 season with DeAndre Swift? Last year was Miles Sanders. 1,200 yards and 11 touchdowns. Are you better at running back? Are you better at running back? Last year, Sanders. This year, Swift. Running back by committee. I think this is a hard one to talk about. I think it's going to be different. Okay? I think it's different. I think they're redefining the position. I wouldn't say better. I would say more equitable to what they right right tone tone i think they're redefining the position to help hurts they don't want an eye back guy like him they want a versatile guy see to me i think they look at it this way you know if that running back committee could give us 40 catches and five to six hundred yards total with all of them i think that's how they look at that as being a win so I think they've redefined it. And which means they've improved the offensive play calling and situational play calling. In my opinion, I think I personally, I think they want more of a pass receiver at that position than a ball carrier. Puts a lot more pressure on Jalen Hurts, though. You guys think that Penny or these other guys, Gainwell, are going to carry the load. Those guys don't frighten a coordinator. If I see Kenneth Gainwell back there, he does nothing for me. If I'm a defensive coordinator and I'm Bill Belichick and I see Kenneth Gainwell, you think he scares me? I'm going to blow that guy up. Now, if I see Jalen Hurts on third and seven, that frightens me. I keep telling you, one of the best – there were two plays in that offense last year that were almost a given. You know what they were? The fourth and one, and Hurts on third and long. I can't tell you how many times I'm watching the game, and I went like this. This guy's picking this up. I'm telling you, he's picking this shit up. He's picking. Man, I thought Jalen at third and long, running the ball, was the most effective open field runner, running back quarterback in the league. He always got that damn first down, man. And there were very few times that he was in third and long. They did a great job a year ago winning first and second down. Dan's never seen Gainwell played. Well, let me ask you something, Callie Green. If he was so great, why didn't he have 225 carries last year? How I don't know how people don't understand. Don't you get it? When you know you're not re-signing a guy, you transition him out of the huddle. Not more carries and more workload. If they truly believed that, Gainwell would have had a ton of carries. And they would have been transitioning Sanders out of the offense. Instead, they leaned on him more. That's not how that works. If everyone a year ago thought N'Kobe Dean was so good, he would have taken Kaiser White's job. You're looking to get younger and cheaper. 
Always. Younger and cheaper. Younger and cheaper. Stay there with me. Did you see the super? Oh, God. Kenneth Gainwell's a dude. He's a dude. So what I'm going to go here is this. I think for what you want to do in 23, I think it's an upgrade. And I think you're better running back with Swift. I think this offense is going to be electric. Are you better with A.J. Brown 22 or A.J. Brown 23? Let me tell you why you're better this year. If you're a D coordinator, you saw what he did last year, and you watched him play, boy, I'll tell you what. Last year, him coming over from Tennessee, remember something, he had marginal numbers at Tennessee There was nothing spectacular about him at Tennessee because he was in an offense that didn't know how to utilize him. 65 catches, 62 catches, 900 yards, 1,100 yards. They never used him right. That was the rub because when he got to a place that knew how to use him, he put up those numbers. A.J. Brown had no right being in that Tennessee offense. They were pedestrian numbers. Now you watch A.J. Brown play, you're like, that's a dominant TK. DK. I think he's better than Metcalf. I think he's better than the guy in Seattle. Okay? I think he's better. And now I got a game game plan. Dude, that guy you game plan. And this is what you tell your secondary, especially your safeties. You got to get this guy down on the ground because he'll carry you a few yards. So you're better. Devontae Smith versus Devontae Smith 2022. He might be your most complete receiver. Okay. Swift is going to help him so much. 65 catches and 1,100 yards is not awesome. Hunter Renfro does that. Those are number two numbers. It's great. You think 65 catches is good. Do you understand what 1,100 yards is for a 17-game season? It's like 59 yards a game. And like four catches. You think four catches and 59 yards a game is good or bad? I wouldn't put that in the elite arena. I think you're better with Devontae this year. Look at this. You're winning this thing. Dallas Goddard versus last year's Dallas Goddard. I think you're pretty standard there. Okay. I got to see Goddard play a full season. Mulata, you're better this year. More experience. 
Dickerson, you're better. Kelsey. Now here's one. You think you're better with Kelsey this year than you were a year ago? I don't. 37 years old, 36 years old. I don't know. You're getting up near the time where Father Time knocks on the door and says, bring your playbook. Okay? I think Kelsey, again, I'm going to leave that incomplete because I think 36. Are you better at right guard? One of the position changes with Cam Jurgens and Isaac Sayamalo. Let's not forget something about Isaac Sayamalo last year. He was in a small battle last year with Andre Dillard. Wasn't he at that right guard spot? And he immediately won that in the first couple weeks of training camp. So there was a little bit of, you know, I wouldn't say a battle. But I would say, you know, then he went on to have an all-pro type season, Pro Bowl season. Okay? Um, Guy playing out of position? It's a downgrade. Till proven otherwise. Lane is Lane. So really, the only question marks I have on the offense are, is Father Time going to catch Kelsey? Cam Jurgens, the right guard. Other than that, I think you're a better offense this year than you were a year ago going into the 2023 season. More experience, another year in under the belt for Hertz. Um, his decision-making is probably going to be better. Coordinator's not going to be an issue. Because he is the coordinator, I, I would just I would say this that your, your offense right now is better than it was in 2022. You've got a better unit than what you had last year. That speaks volumes. Okay. Now, to be candid, all your money's on that side of the ball. But that's okay. Um, let's go defense. 2022, Brandy Graham, 2023 heading into the season. You think you're going to get a better Brandy Graham this year than you had last year? I don't. I don't. Big seals with Swift in the backfield instead of Sanders. Does that help from defenses? King more on Hurts because you know he's going to – yes, ace. That's why they're kind of redefining that position. They'd rather have a pass catcher back there than an eye back. Okay? Here we go with the, the Dean. No, it's the question. I'm going to let you answer it first. It's not Dean. I'm at – the question was, when we started this exercise, do you think you have a better roster starting the last year's season or this year's season? You can call it hate all you want, guy. I'm asking a simple question. If you don't want to answer it, fine. Javon Hardgrave. 
Jalen Carter. <clears throat> did you have a better left defensive tackle last year heading in? Or do you have a better one going in this year? You had a better defensive tackle last year. If it's unknown, how can you win it? If it's unknown, how could you be going into it thinking you have a better one? You're hoping? You knew Hardgrave was made. Hardgrave made 12-9 last year and overplayed his salary last year even. Fletcher, um, he's so good. Maybe I should have completed the sentence. Today is unknown before Hardgrave is better. I would say this to you, too, about Fletcher. You know, man, I was so against the $10 million. Boy, I'll tell you, man, he's a good football player. He's worth every cent of that. I, I, I like the fact that I have Fletcher Cox at my right defensive tackle position. I feel good going into that New England game with him there. He, he makes me feel comfortable. If I was the coordinator... He makes me feel comfortable, uh, one of my front four. He's, and I'm going to get the best out of him in that week one. So I'm good, man. I'm good with him. Josh Sweat, man, he just continues to improve. Continues to improve. I'm going to say this to you. I think you guys are going to be shocked with this. Tone, maybe this goes to what you just said. Sills, Kaiser White versus Zach Cunningham. I can't look at what Kaiser did at the end of that season. I asked you a question. Do you think you have as good a roster heading into the 22 year versus heading into the 2023 season? I didn't know Kaiser White would put up 117 tackles. Okay. So it would be unfair for me to know the outcome of Kaiser White's season and go, White's a better player than Cunningham. I don't know if he is. I think that's a good pickup. I think that's been a good sign by them. So, I, I, I mean, for me to sit here, I have to be fair to the process that I'm asking you to be fair to, right? Is Zach Cunningham, do I have the same kind of confidence in Zach Cunningham heading into 2023 that I did with Kaiser White? Yeah, I did. So it's kind of a push. I would say, you know what I mean? I'm, uh, I just, I feel the same. Okay. I mean, I had no idea White would put up 117 tackles. Ray says lateral move. Ray, that'd be great if it's a lateral move. Okay. TJ Edwards, Nakobe Dean, absolutely had a better Mike linebacker last year. <clears throat> well, teams teams didn't game plan Reddick last year. They will this year. They'll roll away from him. He's not going to have the same sack number. 
They're going to put a tight end over there. They're going to roll away from him. They're going to game plan him. I would. I don't want that guy running into my quarterback. So what do you do? You game plan him. You put a tight end on him, or you put a fullback, or you have somebody slam into him. You run counter trays at him. You run at him, too. Wherever wherever Hassan Reddick is lined up, especially with a bum hand, I'm going to run the ball right at him. I'm going to wear him out. I'm going to run him, run at him, run at him, run at him, put big bodies on him, put a tackle and a tight end on him. I'm going to wear that guy out. He's going to get targeted. Okay? He's going to get targeted. You're going to game plan him. I'm not rolling. Why in the world would I roll to him? You, you you roll away from him. This is what you do not to get your quarterback slammed. You you roll the quarterback away and you run the ball too. You run at him and you roll away from him. Common sense. Everyone knows what they're doing when they do this. Okay? You try to wear his ass out. Um... Bradbury will be better. Now, here's my problem back there in that secondary. How much is Patricia and Desai? Can I tell you what the problem could be coaching-wise? You know, I wanted to get to the coaching a little bit later. But what are, are they going to ask these two corners to play more press coverage? They're not press cover guys. They couldn't do it in New York, and they couldn't do it in Detroit. And they couldn't do it in the Super Bowl against limited wideouts. They weren't press cover guys. Are they going to ask him to do that more? Why would you ask these two guys to do something that's not their strength? They're center fielders. And they had a great year a year ago playing center field. So how much are you going to gamble that way by putting a man up on them? I mean, again, that's not the strength. That's one of the reasons why they got rid of him in Detroit. And that's one of the reasons they got rid of Bradbury because of the money he wanted in New York. These are not press cover guys. Now, is the Cy and, and, and Patricia going to put those guys in positions like that? With a questionable secondary? Especially in your safety positions? I hope not, because I like what they did a year ago. I like, hey, I love the way Bradbury's mentality is. And now they're talking to him in the slot now. Do you know why I like the way he plays? He's like this. Look, the quarterback that I'm playing against, he's going to throw the ball 35 times. And he's probably going to throw in my direction 10. I'll give up three 10-yard plays, no problem. But I ain't giving up that plus 25. Keep everything in front of me. Keep them out of the end zone. See, the Eagle defense looks at it like this. Dude, I don't give a shit what the statistics are. I care about scoring defense. You win and lose by having the best scoring defense. Not by whether you're great against the run, the pass. It's scoring defense. Keeping folks out of the end zone. That's where you win ballgames. 
How many times have you seen really good teams against the run? They're suspect. They give up a ton of points. Well, shit, man. The end game is to score more points than the other guy. Scoring defense is where it is. That's right, Maniac. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Again, I get people want to put their own twist on shit, I, and I, I'm, I'm with that. Okay? I'm with that. I think I think Darius Slay is a lesser player this year. I think he heads into this season a lesser player. I think he's a better player a year ago. I'm sorry, I don't believe in him. I think that guy is at the beginning stages of having – I'll be shocked if he's still starting midway season. He'll either be hurt, he'll take him out, himself out, because he doesn't want to look bad on tape, or they'll bench him. I thought he was terrible at the end of the year. He was atrocious in the Super Bowl. So I I'm I think this guy's running out of gas. He's 32. He he did not look good the last month and a half and in the Super Bowl. You can make lies up all you want and paint that picture any way you want. Okay? He's, but you can lie you you can lie to yourselves, but I'm not gonna lie to you. Okay, you can say he's this and well, get this. Okay, Quan goes it's a shit take. He saw a different guy. He, see, look, he saw a different guy. So Quan says he played well at the end of the year. I say he didn't. What do you guys say? What do you think? You think Slay was really good the last month and a half of the year, including the Super Bowl? Dank. Dank saw a different guy too. Dank and Quan. Okay. Okay. So you guys saw a different, you guys saw a better player. Okay. You saw Juju Smith-Schuster and nobody's on the Kansas City Chiefs running circles around them guys. Those guys were so bad, they were running into each other. Boy, you guys watched a different Super Bowl than I did. And that Cowboy game, where Dak threw for five touchdowns, you saw a completely different football game than I did. The guy threw for 450 yards in that game and five touchdowns. I must have missed it. That's not what I saw. Your safety positions. I've come around on Terrell Edmonds. Okay? I've come around on him. I don't th- I don't think he's going to be bad. Okay? I don't. Okay? I don't. I don't think he's going to be bad. I don't know he's the athlete that Gardner Johnson is, but I'm looking for a good football player back there. Okay? Um, That's a pretty good take, Darcy. Fred Warner got um, exposed. Jalen kept that ball, didn't he? 
and made and made Fred Warner look slow, didn't he? It was a pretty good trick by by Jalen, keeping Fred Warner from pursuit and keeping him keeping him in, um, intact there like that the way he did. Pretty smart. I agree with you. That Jalen did that to him. Jalen kept him in there. That was that was pretty good. Um, Reed Blankenship. I know Tone likes him a lot, and he has had a he's had a really good camp. Okay. Um, Sydney Brown not ready to play yet, in my opinion. Uh, you're very so. I would say this to you. Last year you had Epps. Wait a minute, Terrell Edmonds or Epps? Epps. Now, to be fair, did we think Epps would have a 91 tackle season heading into 2022? No, I didn't. So you got to be fair about it. I liked Epps a lot, but did I think he'd put in the season that he did? No, I didn't. So I got to be fair to Edmonds. Okay, I did not think Marcus Epps would put in a season like he did. And I don't think anybody did. Gardner Johnson, you know, man, you go back and you look at that Gardner Johnson tape. I can tell you this. And I don't know, if Tone, if you agree with me. But, man, if you go back and let's just put a number out there. I would say in every game he played last year, Gardner Johnson, at least 25% of the time he was out of position. And because there were so many good people around him and they were getting home so much with the sacks that, you know, it covered kind of in a way. And plus the shitty quarterbacks they took on, they weren't really threatened last year by anybody until they got to the Super Bowl. Nobody really threatened them back there. Well, golf did. Golf threatened them a bit. So, overall, do you have a better team this year than you did a year ago? Your offense is by far better than last year's. Your defense last year was better. What's that going to lead to? You're not a balanced team like you were a year ago. Last year, you had a really good offense and a really good defense. This year, you have a really good offense and a really inexperienced defense. So do you have a better roster heading into 2023, yes or no? You were balanced last year. You're not this year. Heading into it, the results could change by the end of the year by their play, of course. But right now... There's way more question marks. Okay? We're not going to find out in two weeks. We're going to find out in about two months. One game is not going to dictate whether or not this football team defensively is going to make stops this year that they need to. Two weeks is not going to answer that question. The first eight games of the season will answer that question. Okay, this is going to be about trends. This is going to be about watching player development. This is going to be about watching whether or not. See, my issue on defense will be who's covering tight ends? Who's covering backs out of the backfield? 
and if you can stop the run. On offense, it's staying healthy. And do you have enough depth? That's the key to this. And and two on five week six to eight says it all. Yeah, probably around in there. That's that's a good. I'm with you there. And twenty six goes. The offense will need to carry. That's why twenty six long extended drives. If I'm the Eagles, I'm not throwing the ball a ton in the opening four games of the year. I want a methodical offense like last year. Big plays, 10-play drives, 11-play drives. Keep your defense off the field and keep your defense on the other side of the field to give them a chance to come along. Look, if they give up yards against the run, let's do this. Right, Tone? Everyone, if they give up big gashing plays with yards in the running game, let it be on the opponent's 20 coming out. Don't give up half fields because the offense has three and outs. And you you give the ball up. Say the offense has a three and out. You punt the ball on your 30. Your shitty punter puts the ball on the 35 of the other team. And you give up two 10-play runs against your run defense. You're at 50-yard line already. That's not going to be a remedy to win ball games. So you're going to want to make sure that you go on extended drives a bit. Even if you don't even if you don't score. Like in the New England game, even if you don't score, make sure you're punting the ball and you're keeping them pinned with the goalposts and you, and 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 you see the shadow of the goalpost still in your back if you're the Patriots. You want to keep that goalpost as close to their offense when they start series as much as you possibly can because you're going to give yards up and you're going to give a, f- a few big plays up. Make sure that's on their side of the 50. And that's how you bring a defense along. I have faith in the offense. I, I agree. I-, I think it's going to be impossible. But, hey, I don't think if you come out and you get a cu- – if you get a couple drops and you start doing high percentage play – last year the Eagles didn't do a ton of high percentage – High percentage plays. Why? Jalen Hurts only threw the ball 450 times. I mean, every other quarterback in this league throws the ball 600 times. Not 450. 450 is like 1990 and 80s numbers. They were balanced. You know how many teams in the NFL are not balanced? Buffalo's not balanced. Kansas City's not balanced. Good teams. Good teams. I want to hit on something else, coaches. I want to do that next. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show.
Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. think of the coaching staff Philadelphia Eagles have you think this staff is as well first off we all think that this roster is probably as good as the 17 and 18 teams right do you think you have as good of coaches than what you had with those teams do you have better coaches today Chip goes fantastic staff. How do you know that? What's so fantastic about inexperience? This is a league of knowledge and coaching, not of inexperience. I think the least place you can be is coaching in the NFL. I think you don't have to be that great a coach in college. You just have to be a fabulous liar. You have to be a fabulous liar in college, which means recruiting. You'll tell a kid anything to get him to go to school and to get him to go to your program. You'll give him anything. You think recruiting has anything to do? You think Nick Saban's a great coach? I don't. I think he's a fabulous recruiter because when he was asked to coach, he bombed in the NFL. You have to be a great coach because when you draft a guy and you start paying a guy, you don't have five first-round draft choices behind that guy. You're stuck with that dude. You got to coach him. You got to be right. You just can't lean on the next kid like you can at Alabama when you got 100 kids on scholarship. That's ridiculous. Okay? You get the best of the best. 
And if you fail at a pick and you didn't get it right and you're paying the guy, once you start paying him, you've got to coach him. Okay? Hey, isn't it funny? Now that you have to start paying some of the kids in college, Saban has kind of walked back a little bit behind Georgia. Hmm, interesting. Because now the players are going to Georgia and places like that now and going to Ohio State where they're going to get better coaching. Nick's not the best coach on the planet. Hey, it's one of the reasons why he takes gambles on Steve Sarkeesian or he'll hire Bill O'Brien or he'll get those great assistant coaches in there like Jeff Stoutland. He'll get you. There's a reason. It ain't him. He does a great job in hiring assistant coaches and recruiting. That's not really coaching by him. Okay? Now, it's a different way of looking at it. Okay? It t- like, look, look at Kyle Shanahan. How many people actually think Kyle Shanahan can evaluate a quarterback coming out of college? How many people really believe that he can do that after the absolute disasters? And so wait a minute. You land on Brock Purdy, and every Niner fan is now sitting there telling me, well, look, they got a guy in the seventh round versus a guy who gave three ones up for. And you know what everyone in San Francisco is doing? They're doing this. Well, it covers it. You think losing three first-round draft choices and getting maybe a decent quarterback in the seventh round covers that? Man, thank God the Eagles didn't have to go that route. They got a guy in a second and parlayed all those other picks into A.J. Brown and into Devontae Smith and other guys. Jesus. I'd hate to be that philosophy. Well, you know, we got Purdy right. So screw the other first, the other three first rounders. That is a colossal failure. Colossal. Like, I mean it. If I'm Jed York, the owner of the Niners, I'm doing this. You are not picking my next quarterback. I'd rather have Joe Montana come in here with Steve Young and Jerry Rice and give me more intel than him. Who would you listen to? You know what's it? What was crazy is that Montana and Young kept doing this. Why are you moving off of Garoppolo? Why are you moving off of Garoppolo? Okay. I cannot, and I agree with you, Ronald. The biggest draft capital loss for a starting quarterback or to move up into a position. I've ever seen in my entire life. I've never seen anything that colossal. The Ryan Leaf picked by the San Diego Chargers is not as bad as what that thing was. And I mean, then you trade him away for a five or a four. Wow. You got a fourth rounder for three first round picks. I don't know about you, but in anybody's math, how do you justify that? How do you justify that? And then you go around telling everybody, 
you have get this. Kyle Shanahan has to tell everyone that Brock Purdy's my starting quarterback. He can't do this. Well, Sam Darnold's my starter now. That would have meant everything failed. Personally, I think this exposed him even more so. He may be the only reason that Kyle Shanahan is getting a hall pass by you and the media is because his last name is Shanahan. If that was Eric Bieniemy, he would have been fired two years ago. Am I wrong? If Eric Bieniemy had been involved with that and done the same thing that Kyle Shanahan did, he'd have been fired. I mean, he he's getting a hall pass. And I'm going to be on that guy's ass. Now, look, do I think he can coach? I do. He took three different quarterbacks, and they won a bunch of games a year ago. Absolutely. I think he can coach. I think he can coach. I don't think he can evaluate. I do not think he can evaluate to save his life. Okay? Dude, can you imagine if Eric Bianami was a head football coach and he had done that? The guy would never get a job again. Kyle Shanahan, he gets fired in San Francisco. He'll be scooped up by somebody because his name's Shanahan. The nepotism sometimes in the NFL is there for everyone to see. Tell you what, man, if that guy was a black coach, I'll leave it there. (laughs) If his last name was Smith, you think that guy gets the hall pass he's getting? Not a chance. Appreciate everybody coming aboard. Thank you so much. Please hit the like button. Tone, great stuff as always. Xander, Big Joe, thank you so much. 13 days out from the start of the season. Can't wait for all that to happen. Three to six tomorrow, and we shall see you on the flip side. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. 
Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.